Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our new guest host, Rand. How are you doing, Rand? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Great. And uh, she comes to us with a background in business, accounting, and a whole bunch of other things there. So uh, if you can describe a little bit of what you're doing right now, Rand, and then we'll go back in time and talk about you as a kid. So what are you up to these days? So right now, I'm currently between my third and fourth year at UFT doing Bachelor of Business Administrations, specializing in management. And I'm also currently doing a summer internship as an accountant. So basically, I'm working with a company in real estate. It's not real estate. It's like property management. So I just like manage all these like portfolios of like real estate and stuff. And I'm mainly focusing on the government portfolio. So the government housing in Quebec uh, and Ontario. That's great. So that's obviously what you're doing now, but we'd love to hear a little bit more about what we were like as a kid. So what are some early, fond childhood memories that you have growing up? What were you like as a kid? Okay. In the weekends, we used to go to this one house my dad owned, and there was this woman, her name was Sarah, and she used to come over because she used to manage this house for us. And I used, I remember I looked at this woman and I'm like, she's so cool. I wish I could do that when I grow up. <laughs> And then I asked my dad, I'm like, what degree do you need to do that? And he's like, you don't need a degree to do that. Okay. And I'm doing that right now. So that was a really funny childhood memory that I just remembered yesterday. So then, Like, how can I, just like a house, like some walls and like floor could be like so much someone else. Because like, it doesn't, it's not only like a house. It's literally someone else's life there. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of emotions that is like, with the house like there's a lot of mm. and that's really interesting like i think in the real estate like market it's the only market that you can actually sell someone's dream to someone else because mm. like, it's literally the whole lifestyle it's the whole it's everything in someone's life like your house represents everything in your life like it affects you so much which is kind of scary <laughs> sounds good and uh, so growing up, you were obviously fascinated with, with houses where people lived and, and, and these dreams that people had and memories in, in them. Uh, but, but what were you like? Were you more like the shy introverted person? Were you kind of sneaking around and, and uh, looking at it? Or were you just outgoing? Hey, can I come into your house and see what's in there? That sort of thing. Um, curious and all that. Or, or what were you like um, more on a personality side? Because I have seven, seven, seven siblings, actually. Mm, okay. I always grow up like, around a lot of people. I, I needed to gain my social skills really early on because I wouldn't survive things if I was shy someone needed to take my rights which was me so I feel that like having so many siblings really affected my personality really early on because I had to like overcome all my like shyness at the beginning of like age three or four like mm -hmm. going on so yeah I was really open with like talking to anyone like I, like if a stranger comes to me and asks me something, like I would have a full conversation with that stranger, which is don't do that. That's not good. But I used to do that all the time. Even one time I was almost going to get kidnapped because I didn't know. <laughs> I was just like going around with that stranger talking to them. And then like I didn't find my family and I was like freaking out. But yeah, like I, I had no problem like talking to people. Like when we visit people's house, I just like look around. Like, like going to someone's house tells a lot about them. Like, Everything 
like it tells a lot about their secrets like just like looking at the living room and how it's structured which is mm. really weird Sounds good. Yeah. And that note about uh, not talking to strangers, I think that actually applies when you're a child, right? Where, when you're too young and, and could get kidnapped or whatever. But as you're an adult, right? I think that's one of those um, kind of myths that I think needs to be overcome, where I think more people should be talking to strangers. Like when you're university and beyond, you should be talking to pretty much everyone you encounter. At least that, that's been my experience where I found that, that I've been limiting myself by not talking to them. So just something for folks to consider. And I'd love if you shared a little bit more about that kind of sibling household where like, where were you amongst the seven? Are you closer to the, the older ones or closer to the younger ones? Uh, were there any influences like an older sister brother that you uh, particularly uh, aspired to, to, to be like um, or uh, the younger ones that, that you kind of mentored and, and what were some of the influences on, on the family side? So I have seven siblings. I'm literally in the middle. Like I have okay. two siblings older than me and three siblings younger than me. So, but I never felt like I'm the middle child because mm. me and my siblings, we kind of had an age gap. So at some point of our life, my older three siblings, they were all off at university and they're having their life. And in the household, it was... I was the oldest one in the household okay. and my younger siblings. That was like for a good, like five years of my life. And these are the most five years that I remember because it's the high school years and like the late middle school years. So it sounds like that you were the oldest of the youngest. The <laughs> so kind of... Yeah, actually, because we were like two groups. Each household yeah. has two groups. There's like the oldest kids and there's the youngest kids. I was the oldest of the youngest. So I would, I would get to go all these like parks and all these like fun places even though I was like kind of old for that because I used to go and like watch them. Sounds good. And how, how about the older uh, siblings? Like were, were there much of intera many interactions with them? Was there much influence that they had on you? Like did they all go into business or, or manage real estate properties <laughs> just like your, your, your uh, earlier role model? I feel my older siblings. Okay, so I have one brother that's older than me that had like the most impact on me because he's the one that's like right above me like by age when you like okay. when you burst like on age scale he's the one yeah. that's like literally older than me by like three years or something because he was like the closest one to me from my siblings i believe like he's the one that like showed me how to kind of live my adult life after i <laughs> graduated from being the oldest of the youngest and I started like my adult life. He's the one that kind of showed me how to live that. He's like, okay, so this is how you have money. This is how you spend your money. This is how you enjoy your money. And that's where you eat. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So if, if your older brother that had the most influence went into more like on the tech side, like yeah. where did the influence from the business perspective? Because, well, your dad said that you can have any uh, sort of degree in order to do that sort of job. Uh, what was the interest to go into business or was there other things along the way that you were considering? So, of course, in high school, everyone starts to like wonder where they're going to be. In, and actually, I didn't think I'm going to go into business. So, mm. as I said, really like young in my childhood, I'm like, I really want to be in like poverty management because that girl, Sarah, she really inspired me. I don't remember what she did. Like, she did nothing. She used just to come to our house and like <laughs> give us some like invoices and stuff to like take on. But I used to look at her and I'm like, this woman is so living her life. Like, I really want to be that. It's so nice. So 
early in like middle school, I googled it. What do you need to like? What degree do you need to have to go into like property management and stuff? And literally said, oh, you can have any degree, but like a degree in like business could like help, but it's not a like it's not an asset. So I'm like, mm, okay, so I don't need a degree in business. So in early in my high school, so I start to think like, okay, what am I gonna do in my life? So of course, the first uh, thing that comes to your mind, I'm gonna be a doctor. Okay, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to med school. Um, and then my biology teacher, she's like, oh my god, you're so good at biology. You hundred percent need to be a doctor. I'm like, I'm hundred percent gonna be a doctor. And then my math teacher was like, you know, you're really good at math and physics. You know, something you need to go in engineering. I'm like, I'm gonna do engineering. I'm like, hmm, I can do like chemical engineering. And I started making all these plans that weren't realistic because based on my skills, I never enjoyed physics chemistry or biology okay i was good at them because i had to pass the courses but i never actually like gave any interest in these courses like i don't want to do that for a living go and like do some chemical engineering things to like extract oil from the floor like i don't want to do that in my life but i didn't realize that because i was like 16 Mm -hmm. and that was the most common major where i lived everyone that didn't know what to major in they all went what is called chemical engineering Chemical engineering, everyone went to that because it's the major that gives you like the most money early on in your life because like mm. where I left, it's like where they like, like, you know, Aramco? Mm, not sure. It's like the biggest like the oil, oil company. Yeah. Yeah. So I left right next to Aramco in that city. So everyone that they didn't know, like even Aramco, like used to come to our school and like take some kids and they're like, we're going to send you to the US to study chemical uh, engineering. And the kids were uh-huh. like, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do that. And then I remember I went home to my dad, like in like grade, mid grade 11, or like early grade 12, when it was actually time to like apply for universities. I'm like, okay, Baba, look, I'm gonna apply to be a lawyer. And he's like, there's no under, that's not an undergrad degree. I'm like, I didn't know that. Hmm. He's like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be a doctor. He's like, that's also not an undergrad degree. (laughs) I'm like, that's cute. So what can I be? He looked at me like from like up to like head to toe. And he's like, you're going to be a businesswoman. Let me sign you <laughs> in the business programs. I'm like, but I want to be a nurse. He's like, no, you don't. I'm like, he's like, do you like biology? I'm like, no. He's like, do you like going to school for 10 years? I'm like, no. He's like, okay, you need to actually consider these things. You don't like any of that. The most fun you have is literally when you're around that girl, Sarah, that mm-hmm. she's a property manager. Do you want to be that? I'm like, yes. He's like, go to business school. He opened computer and he searched best business school in Canada. What comes up to the screen? Sherlock School of Business at York. He's like, yeah, you're going there. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going there. <laughs> when we like consider the law school, He's like, listen, after you finish your undergrad, you can do whatever grad school you want. You can even switch to med. You can go to law school. But you need something as your undergrad. And this is the best degree you can have. My dad is in engineering. He's a computer engineering. But Mm. most of his life, he worked like in like management rules. It's tech companies, but he always like managed that business side of it like the relationship side of it the selling side of it like right. when a company comes to buy like the softwares he's the one that manages all these transactions so 
he was thinking that okay there's a lot of engineering out there there's a lot of like a lot of people out there but there isn't a lot of people that can manage these people and someone with your like skills your potential your skills you can like really benefit the industry i'm like okay i guess i'm going to business so, <laughs> so he opened my laptop he went to shulik and he he applied for me <laughs> okay. i got rejected but that's another story okay. so i got rejected from shulik school of business actually and i'm like okay this is like the end of the world because right. i only i literally had one major one dream and now it's all crushed because Shulik rejected me. I even like had a notebook that was like filled with like pictures of Shulik and like pictures of stuff and like pictures I found of Pinterest of like how my life will be if I went to Shulik. And then I literally got rejected from Shulik like a few months later. Hmm. But it's it was good because I applied in December and I get rejected in like February or something. So I still have a whole like half a year, more than half a year till university starts so I really have time so I didn't know what to do with like anything and my dad was like pick any other major I'm like okay. that's really stressful I can't just pick any other major you just told me if I don't go to business school I'm gonna lose my life he's like pick pick anything I'm like okay I'm gonna go into computer science okay so I went <laughs> and I searched computer science and I found this like information technology science it's like it's like the dm program at UTM, but it's like a york one it's like information sure. technology and management for something commerce i'm like yeah i'm going to go to that program I and you're set on york because of, of the shulik relationship then you want to try to transfer into there or was there yeah. some sort of yeah, because okay. i'm like shulik like york it's the same university like having another application won't be that stressful or something so i just applied to them so I started my first semester. I actually like went with it. Like I enrolled in the courses. I enrolled in like the first year courses or whatever. Then I started, I did like the first three weeks of university. Then I was talking to someone that I knew they applied to Shulk and they got rejected. And I'm like, okay, so what's your, what's your plan in your life? And they're like, oh yeah, we're trying to get into Shulk again. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, Shulk has this, program where if you go to York University for a year and you take these courses, then you can continue your second year at Tulik and graduate from Tulik. I thought it's a sad thing. So I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. The deadline has passed to enroll in any courses. I went to the register in my university. I'm like, listen, this is my dream. I'm not giving up on my dream. I need to enroll in these courses. They're like, it's literally too late. I'm like, I don't care. I need to enroll in these courses. I start begging them. They told me if the each prof of each course gave you permission to enroll in the course, we're going to let you in the course. Okay. I'm like, okay, don't worry about that. I got a list of emails of the profs. It was like seven profs because it was so many courses. And it was, it was like three weeks, four weeks into the semester. Like you can imagine how many assignments they have done. Not assignments, but you can imagine how many things they finished and like maybe right. there's like a test coming up because like the first period of like exams started coming up mm -hmm. so i went and i kept like asking the profs and most of them said like yeah sure like wherever you can join but this statistic prof she was a statistic prof and she's like um i can tell you no but i'm just telling you that we have an assignment due next week that is worth 15 percent, and we have a test we have a test okay. in 10 days 
We have our midterm test. I don't think you can do that. You need to change your dream. I'm like, I'm not giving up on going to show. Like, I need to enroll in the course. She's like, okay, but don't complain when you fail the course because we literally have an assignment due like really soon. I'm right. like, listen, you just send me the material. I'm going to figure it out. Okay. She's like, okay, you're in the course, I guess. I went, I didn't sleep for a week. I just <laughs> went over because we had the statistic books. And mind you, I never studied math and English in my life. I don't know what math and English looks like. I have this like huge book of statistics. She's like, okay, so we reached page 50 or whatever. You need to be up to there. And it's good. It was the COVID time. So everything was recorded. So she just sent me a bunch of recorded lectures that they finished. Okay. I just started like watching the lecture on 0.5. I didn't double it. I slowed it down. <laughs> I didn't understand what they're saying. And I have the, like the booklet like this and I'm looking, I'm like solving. I finished the 50 pages. I opened the assignment. I solved it. I started studying for the midterm. And I actually did really good on them. And I'm like, I think I got like an 85 on the midterm. And it was my first midterm in university in statistics. I'm like, okay, you know something? I think I can do anything I set my mind to. That was the moment I literally realized I can do whatever I want. No one can tell me no. So that was like a major like change in my mindset because I'm like, okay, so this is a new language for me. This is a new course for me. I just joined and I'm doing ahead of everyone else. Wow. Like, you know, when you like, you can see the curve of the students in the grades yeah. when the test comes out, I was like on the right. So I'm like, if I just joined and I'm like, I'm doing better than everyone else because I just worked harder because I had the motivation to work harder. That means yeah. if I set my mind into anything, I can just literally just do it. I just need to change my mindset. Because sometimes I feel like, like a lot of things could like demotivate you in life, I think. Like you could be like, oh, it's too late. But like that moment, it's never too late to like catch up with anything. Like you just need to put your like heart and mind to it. So I finished the course. I finished my first year. Uh, it was in April. So in April, I'm... We had this uh, math test, so it's called, it's the course called like uh, Algebra and Calculus for uh, Commerce students. This is, okay. if you ask any business students, this is like the hardest course in their first year or their whole years. So I was like studying for the final exam and I look in my email and I get rejection letter from Shulik. Uh, we're sorry, you won't be able to transfer to us in your second year. Okay. Because I'm like, because what? I have all the requirements. You told me I need to do the interview. You told me I need to write an essay. And you told me I need uh, an average A. And I have all these things. And they're like, oh, we're sorry. Having the bare minimum doesn't, <laughs> having the bare minimum doesn't like guarantee you an entry. Right. And I'm like, your bare minimum was a 4.0 average. Right. And writing four pages essay. You told me I'm kind of in. I already spent a year of my life and I really wanted this BBA program. Like I wanted to graduate with a Bachelor of Business Administrations. Why? I don't know, but I wanted that. I'm like, this is my <laughs> dream. What does it mean? How is this different from commerce? No one knows. I still don't know. But I'm like, I need that degree. I need that degree. And they're like, oh yeah, we're sorry. I was studying for my like exam. I closed my exam. I opened my computer again. I'm like, okay, career change. Not career change. 
but we need to make some decisions. I searched. I'm like, okay, so I'm already in like the GTA area. BBA degrees in GTA area. UTM pops up. They're like, yeah, UTM has a program for BBA. I'm doing that. Deadline has passed. I email them. I'm like, listen, uh, I have these grades and I'm doing, I have this thing and this is my portfolio. I need to transfer to your university. And they're like, okay. They accepted me. Which was really like, I didn't know that it was a big deal till I saw universities and everyone started talking about how they didn't get accepted to their program and they got switched to something else. And now they need to like go back into their program. I'm like, what do you mean? I just applied for management and I got into management. And they're like, oh yeah, that doesn't happen usually. I realized like I'm actually really lucky. It's because like I emailed them and like I did all these extra stuff. So I got into UTM. And then I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm just going to catch up and like go to my second year and live my life. So enrollment date comes. So I open my computer and I have like a list of second year courses because I already had most of the first year courses. I just, I was just like missing two courses from first year. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to enroll in this, this, this. I have my whole plan. I open my computer enrollment date. I try to enroll. It says enrollment blocked from you. Hmm. I'm like, that's really weird. I call up my cousin. I'm like, enrollment is blocked for me. He goes to UFT. He's like, because you're not in the program. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not in the program? He's like, oh, so we have something called post hmm. and we have something called first year. So you need to finish your first year and apply for your post program. Then you get into your post program. That's when you're in the program. I'm like, but in, on my profile in the university, it says Bachelor of Business Administration. So he's like, yeah, that's because you're in first year. You need to finish your first year and apply for post. I'm like, I can't wait that long. I will go and I do a meeting with the register office and they're like, oh yeah, you're just in first year. I'm like, but I have five credits and I have all the courses. They're like, you don't have management 101, 102. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm wasting the whole year for two courses. They're like, I'm like, no one told me that when I applied. Like, you should have known. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to freak out. I'm like, that's <laughs> first year went down. Second year, I don't know what's happening, but that's my dream. I need to get a Bachelor of Business Administrations. I need to do that. I'm continuing with this plan. Even my dad was like, oh, just go to any other major that doesn't have all these like weird stuff. Like maybe like business is not meant for you. I'm like, I'm going to make it meant for me. I'm going here. I, I, my first year, I took management 101, 102, and all the elective courses you can take. I'm like, let me finish all my electives in my second year. I took like a bunch of like random courses. No, I took some like accounting investments that were for first year that didn't have enrollment blocked. I took mm-hmm. some like economics courses because like, why not? I took all the courses that I could. I tried to like make the most out of it. I'm like, it's okay. I'm not going to freak out. I'm still in first year, even though I finished a year, but I'm not going to freak out. It's okay. I took some like random courses just to pass 101, 102. I finished them. I applied for post. And then I realized that because I had my credit transferred from another university, that means the grade I got at York, they won't count it here. 
they will okay. count it as a 63 oh which will drop my my like my cgpa so bad especially for math 133 they had a problem with math 133 they're like we're gonna count math 133 as a 63 for you and that was a full year course so my gpa now is not like 3.8 it's right. 3.1 and I'm like, you can't do that. Like, it's only one course. Like, can't you just like put my real grade on it? Like, I need to get to the program. Right. Like, oh, sorry, we can't do anything. So basically what they do is they calculate everyone's grade. And if you have a transfer credit, they count that as a 63 and they scale all the students. And they accept the top 50. Right. I'm like, there is no way I'm going to be in the top 50. So I go. And I apply for to redo the courses in the summer. So okay. I applied to like redo math one three three because it's the one that had the most effects in the summer. And mind you, the enrollment date it's all before the accepting date is. So they accept right. you in May, but you need to enroll and start school before that. Right. So I enrolled in math one three three. I went and I'm like, okay, this is my third year in university, and I'm still doing a first year course. Something is not right, but it's okay. I'm not giving up on my dream. I right. go to the lecture, I went to like three lectures, I'm taking notes, I submitted to an assignment, I went to the tutorials. Then I was like chilling at the house one morning and then I get a notification. Congratulations, you've been accepted to the post program. <laughs> First thing, I opened my computer, I dropped Math 133. Then I called my mom. I'm like, Mama, I got accepted to management. Great. So I dropped Math 133 and then I'm like, okay, so I have two years in my university now. I need to finish all these management courses that takes three years. Do I need to take three years or two years? Don't worry about that. I'm doing it in two years. I went <laughs> and I made my plan. I made a plan that I need to take only business courses, five courses at a time till I graduate. No electives because I finished all my electives in my second right. year. And then I, I called the a register office. I'm like, hey guys, I just want you to approve of my plan so I don't get like disappointed again. So, sure. and she's like, I don't think you can do this. It's too much. No. no one takes business finance and business finance and accounting and statistics in one semester. Like, you don't do that. I'm like, you don't worry about me. Like, you didn't tell me what I can do. Tell me if I do these courses and pass them, will I graduate with a business degree? She's like, yeah. You will. I'm like, okay, that's okay. all I need to know. I went and I, in my third year, I enrolled in 10 business courses. I like the hardest courses, like the courses that your whole life depends on them. Business finance one, business finance two, business finance three, statistics one, accounting one, accounting two, managerial accounting, HR, psychology, and one sure. marketing course. And it was like the worst combination ever. <laughs> But I actually managed to it and because every time like I like I feel down and I'm like I actually can't handle all these courses at one time. I just remember that moment in my first year where I studied four weeks worth of statistics in one week and I right. passed the exam. I'm like, I can't do anything I want. I can do anything I want. Yeah. I can do anything I want. I opened and thank God I finished my second thirty year. I don't know what year to count. So I finished it. I managed it. So now I'm actually on track. And now people ask me how I am ahead than other students in business. 
like mm-hmm. I don't know. I just took the courses. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's amazing. Lo- don't give up on your dream. Yeah, that, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> For sure, there, there's lots in there, and it kind of speaks towards your uh, tenacity and resilience. Where, as you said, don't give up on your dream. If you have something, go after it. Right? There's always a way. Uh, I'm reminded of an expression that there's only one way to fail to give up and there's thousands and countless ways to succeed right because can't do this let me do this can't do this let me do this can't do this <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot of zigzagging away uh, your way into that and obviously now uh, that brings us to kind of present day you have uh, an internship that and you're on track uh, probably a little bit ahead in order to, to graduate and I'd love if you kind of go back, and obviously you're still on your journey. There's still plenty more to uh, go uh, go after. But I'd love if you uh, can summarize some of your swike, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Obviously, you shared a, a bunch of them uh, before. But what is some of the general swike that, that you'd have for uh, young Rand, uh, I guess, at any of the, the major milestones in your life? I feel something that people don't talk a lot about. Having a referral is not like the most guaranteed thing because some people they don't apply for things because they think Mm. they they don't have a referral they would never be considered and they only apply like they keep all like they put all their time and effort just to network with people that work at good companies so they can refer them to the company right and i feel that's really not necessary okay of course Mm. it helps sometimes but the times referrals help is less than 30%. And I, I, hmm. you know, I don't know anyone from my whole grade that actually got accepted into their internship by referrals. Hmm. All the jobs I applied by referral, I get rejected to. Hmm. I have two jobs now. They were both without any referrals. It was just me hmm. and the hiring manager. So a lot of people, they don't go for good shots because they think they're also the underqualified myth a lot of people believe they're underqualified so they don't apply for things they look they're like oh this is a great company and this is like a great role and like they're asking in like the qualifications that you have like this certain gpa or this certain years of experience and i don't have that so i'm just not gonna apply like is an opportunity that you miss so you can't just like stop trying because you think you're underqualified you don't know if you're underqualified how are the other people in your class more qualified than you? You guys are all sitting in the same place. This is something I used to think in my beginning of my second year because I felt I'm behind and everyone else is kind of ahead. So I always felt, okay, they know more than me because they're more qualified than me. Then Mm -hmm. actually like like at the end of the year, I'm like, that's really not true. Like they're maybe, they're more confident because they've been here longer and I just got accepted in the program, but that doesn't mean they're more qualified than me. I have, like, right. they have things that they're better at. I have things that I'm better at. We, like, we help each other, but it's all about confidence. It's just because they're confident, mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. That's why it seems to you that they're more qualified than you. And that's why they may actually get the job and the role, because when they talk, the hiring manager can sense the confidence in them. And that's a really like big part that people don't do. Like they don't apply for things because they think they're underqualified. Just apply for everything. Like what are you gonna lose? Yeah. yeah. 
I think that that makes sense. So, so what came to mind for that is the Wayne Gretzky quote that says, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take." So obviously, you go for that. And just on on a technical matter for the job postings, if you meet eighty percent of what's there, then apply for it. So uh, chances are the what's outlined is basically a wish list for the recruiter, and sometimes they they hit it, and everybody meets 100% of the qualifications, oftentimes there's flexibility with things. And I love what you said about the, the confidence part. And what I found uh, having a conversation with someone recently is that confidence isn't necessarily that like you're not anxious or you're not nervous uh, about something. Confidence, actually, one good definition is that you have the understanding that you'll be able to figure it out, right? So as long as you feel that I can do it, I can figure it out, I can make it work, just like uh, your tenacity and resilience kind of demonstrated before. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you know it. It doesn't matter if you're nervous. It doesn't matter if you're anxious about it. As long as you feel that you could figure it out and do it, then go for it for sure. And uh, on the earlier part about the referral and the recommendation, I think this is, sorry, the referral part. I think this is where a lot of uh, students miss, where they network and they get people to refer, right? And and I find that it's uh, the difference between being supportive and basically uh, going out of their way to do it. So a referral is being supportive to say, of course, I'll submit your applications, right? A recommendation is saying, I will vouch for you and I will die on my sword for you <laughs> and help you land a job, right? Those are two very different things. Like a, a, a referral sounds like, hey, I saw this person, they asked me to do a referral, take a look, right? A recommendation is, oh my goodness, you need to hire Luki. He is fantastic and amazing. He will definitely be an asset to the team and you really need to make sure that he gets an interview, right? Those are two very different things. Most students, they, they stop at the referral and uh, they, they get them to put him in, but what does that even mean? <laughs> it's just an entry in the system. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't have folks lose heart on it, but I think they, they misconstrue what that actually means. So I think that's a lot of great uh, swipe stuff I wish I knew earlier for yourself. So definitely have folks uh, be persistent, be tenacious, and take take those shots, right? Because sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't, and sometimes life throws something at you, but there's always multiple ways to, to go through. And I'd love if you were able to share a little bit about your future aspirations, what can folks look forward to hearing about in the future for you, and maybe where can folks connect with you if they're interested in learning more? Uh, I really wish I can graduate next year. I want to start switching my career from being an accountant to being a consultant at one of the big companies. So I'm actually aiming for that now, especially because I want to change countries. So I'm trying to connect and build a relationship in the country I want to move in with and people that works in like PwC and these companies so I can like mm -hmm. get inside of the application process. And so you can connect with me on LinkedIn or any other social media. Sounds good. And we'll put all that information in the show notes. And thanks so much, Rand, for your uh, story and sharing kind of the the journey that you went through, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu. L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U and the same on most social media platforms and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.